give our attention this morning to Psalm 139. You have your Bible, we'll turn over to Psalm 139. You might be very familiar with this psalm. Uh, It's a great encouragement to me. It's a very unique psalm and a very enlightening psalm. It's a psalm that reminds us that God loves us and that we're important and significant to Him. And I think that's very important. I think a lot of us don't uh, realize how valuable we are to our Creator, the one who has made us. I think in the whole scope of everything and the way that we live life, sometimes we forget these things. And sometimes we might degrade ourselves or put ourselves down. So I asked the question this morning, what do you think about yourself? Do you ever put yourself down? And there may be someone in this congregation who's struggling with anxiety or, the, or with depressing or just feeling like they, they're not successful or that they're useless or, or they can't do anything. And I want you to put things into perspective with the Word of God and what God, how He values you and what He has to say about you. These are one of those passages where you cannot degrade yourself and put, put yourself to the side. I remember as a teenager in high school and going through some hard times, I thought, I don't mean much. I don't matter that much to to people. But I did feel that God loved me. And I reflected upon how Christ died upon the cross. And in the darkest times in my life, those are the things that encouraged me because I thought about my Creator. And I saw the great love that He had had for me. I think at the other end of it, you might... um, You might struggle with promoting yourself or boasting of yourself. And so to keep things in perspective, we have our God and our Creator who has formed us and made us. And how wonderful that is. And it's also a humbling thing to think of. That I am not God. And I have faults and I have sins. And I definitely need a Savior and I need one who is merciful. So we want to think about those this morning. Go with me over to Psalm 139. So our scripture reading came from Psalm uh, 139, and we read the first six verses. Just standing in awe of God's thoughts and His knowledge and the wonder of who He is. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, um, at least in summary. But I want to focus right here in verses 13 through 16. Verses 13 through 16. And listen to what David says here. So he's the psalmist here, and he says this. He says to God, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Now let's slow down and think about those words and what David is saying there. First of all, I've always thought this was an amazing statement for David to turn to God and said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, God, you did a great job in making me. And I think that's a good thing to do, to give credit for what He has done and to thank Him for it. And there might be some things that you don't like about yourself. But when you think about the one who's created you, you see greater worth. So I want to reflect upon this. So David reflect upon God's creation, that God is active in creating us. And the Bible tells us that, that Christ is, is doing that and that God's Word still holds all things together and that God has formed us and He has made us in the womb. And as he says that here, he reflects upon what it means for every one of us as individually that God has created us. 
And I think what we find here is something very personal. I'll come back to that thought in a moment. But God forms us in our mother's womb. Every one of us has been born. And I think about that, and I think about uh, the great love that there is, and then where we've come from. To be able to hold a you know, newborn baby in your hands, and you see the wonder of God. And every one of us has been in that infant state. And that even before then, that God knew what was happening. In the secret of your mother's womb, is the Scripture says He formed you. He made you. He gives you value. He loves you. He knows who you are. And all these details are sprinkled throughout this verse. And so, in that phrase there, he's, David says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And what's he saying there? He's saying, God, you made me in a very reverent way. And we're going to see more about how... Uh, how we are in relation to, to being created by God. And then he says, it's a wonderful things that, I, that I've been made. And so there's a lot of people today who depress or degrade themselves and shame themselves and say, I'm not worth anything. And you can't say that. You cannot say that. God has made you. And God says you're wonderful in the way that He has created you. Okay. Now I know that we sin and we fall, and some might say, "Well, because of my sin and my failures, then I'm I'm not worthy." And in many ways, I would I would agree with you that no, we're not worthy when it comes to our sin. But that doesn't change the fact of how God has created you and made you. I want you to think about this also from Psalm 139. To those wonderfully made, and I, I couldn't when I was thinking about this and reading it in the text, I can't say that everybody thinks this way. But I know, do know that David recognizing that he was wonderfully made, recognizes that all of God's works are amazing. They're wonderful. You know, some people, I I wonder if they look at creation and realize the beauty and the order and the design of it and look at what the Creator has done. And to be able to look at one another and say, God has formed us and He has given great value to every one of us in here. You're a part of God's wonderful creation. And if you drive down the road and you say it's a beautiful day and you see the sun and you look at the clouds and you think how amazing this is and what God has done, you need to reflect that upon yourself. The way that God looks at you. That's, that's within us to reflect in that way and I think that's given to us by our Creator to see how beautiful His creation is. And we cannot deny that for one another. And I think that's important. When we recognize who our Creator is, our great value, and how He's made us, that helps us to have a great um, and a precious thought toward other people, to, to value them. And I think that's something that's lacking today in the world we live in, a world that's secular and atheistic, that ignores God, where people don't think about their Creator. And so the person next to them, they don't put them in the same equal status with them. You're just an object to some people. And that happens because their thinking has rejected God. This is also what we see here, an observation I see in Psalm 139, is that God knows our bodies. Our bodies being formed. You know, sometimes we might think, well, it's all about my soul or my spirit. But God says, I formed you and I made you in the womb. I created your body. And your body is significant. The Bible tells us that God has purchased us with His blood. And it says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, especially as Christians, that the Spirit of God dwells within us. That our bodies have great value. In the resurrection, we look forward to that. That we would resurrect like Christ. That's a, a raising of our bodies to put on the spiritual and eternal nature. But He formed us in the secret of our mother's womb. It says in the text, it says in the depths of the earth. What does that mean? It just means as a woman, your mother, who living on the earth and in the scope of all of creation, she was there and God formed you in her womb. When no one else knows these things, God knew them. 
even in our mother's womb and without form. The word there for without form is the Hebrew galim, which means in Hebrew, which means the, the embryo. Even in your most unformed state within your, your mother, um, even in fetal development, God knows who you are and he created you and he gave you life. And I think you can see the implications of Psalm 139 beyond just the fact that God created you and that you are wonderful to him. But the value of the human life, even in the womb, right? That all life matters. And the human life in the womb is so precious to God. It says even, even our mother's womb without form, God sees us. He knows, and I, I love this statement right there in verse 16. He knows the number of our days. They're in the number of his books. He he knows the number of the days of your life before you were even born. God knew it and set it out. You know, and I know some people's days are shorter than others, aren't they? And there's a lot of tragedy in that. But God knows those things and he does all things that are right and good. Your life is in his hands. So I encourage you. I think the main point we see here in Psalm 139 is this, is that God's works are wonderful and so are you. You're His. He's created you and made you. And so I, I think this is a very important message because I, I hear people to put themselves down or degrade themselves or say, I'm worthless. And you hear about the statistics of the of individuals trying to take their lives. You know, the statistics show that women are more likely than men to try to take their lives, but men are far more successful. Five times more men commit suicide every year because of that state of thinking. And I'm thinking if... Don't you see what God has done? What He's made you for? There's no point in your life, even in the darkest moments, for you to just give up. To say, this is it. There's no reasoning for that. And the Scriptures are counter to it. And the very belief and knowledge of God is contrary to that. So to know God's care for us and forming us is to know God's love for you and is to understand. To understand how God loves the world. So we, we often make reference to John 3.16 and quote it as Christians. Every one of us probably verbatim quote it right now. How God loves us and sent His only Son to die for us. But what do we do with that? Do we then turn around and not love the world? Or ask the question, how can God love the world with all the sin in it? All the wickedness that goes on. But God says He so loved the world that He sent His only Son. The beautiful thing, and we start to understand from Psalm 139 and other passages throughout the Scriptures how true that is. When you put all of Psalm 139 together, and I, and I don't want to read through it this morning, I'm going to leave that to you, but the purpose and point of Psalm 139 is this, is that God's knowledge and His creation, He knows all your thoughts and all your ways, that it's personal. His, his knowledge is personal. It's not just, oh, He's the creator, the intelligent creator of our universe, and therefore He knows everything and has brought all things into being. It's more than that. Because when you look at the vastness of the universe, you might think, well, who, who are we? I'm just one person on that little blue dot in the solar system of, min, of billions of solar systems within our galaxy. galaxy. And then there's a hundred, hundreds of billions of galaxies in, in the universe, and you start thinking about it. Who are we? And God says, even when you're in your mother's womb, I created and formed you. God's knowledge of you is so personal and intimate. He knows who you are. And then the psalmist goes on here and he talks about God's presence, the presence by his Holy Spirit. He's present with us everywhere and every time. And so not only do we understand God's knowledge and his presence, but that he knows where you are, what you're doing. He is there and he is with us. 
And for some of us, that might be a very fearful thing, but for others, it's a very comforting thing. Depends on where your faith is, where your focus is. Look at this, and again, here's another part of the summary of what we've already read. In 139 verses 13 through 16, we see that God's care of creation is personal on how He forms you and set the number of your days. All of this is so wonderful. This shows the value of human life. It it affects the decisions that we make as far as our life or end-of-life decisions when we come down to the end, uh, how that um, we decide to die, how we uh, how we how we choose to make our decisions, how we view, again, the value of human life now and then in the womb. But we also see this, that the psalmist concludes, he says that God's thoughts and His ways are most valuable to Him and that they are amazing to Him. And I think we'll come back to that passage in a moment. But humanity has not lost its value. You know, we might think that, well, because of our sin and the fall of sin, have we not, have we, when you say we've fallen from the image of God, well, what happens there when you sin is that you have defaced the image of God. You have gone contrary to His glory. In Romans chapter 3, it says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is the glorious and beautiful appearance of who God is. We've fallen short of it. We've defaced it. But God in His love has made a way through Jesus Christ. And as I think about God's creation, I think about this. Another part of that value, which we need again here in the United States and in our country and among individuals, is that we see that we are created by God. It needs to be spoken of in public, it needs to be in the news, and it needs to be in our schools, it needs to be spoken of everywhere. That God created us and made us. And it's that, even when we go to our Declaration of Independence and we think about how our Creator has endowed us with certain unalienable rights. Where is, what is that? That is the value of our Creator and how He has made us and what He's given us. Many of us are familiar with Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, where it says God created us, male and female He created us, in His image. We're made in the likeness of God. And the reason that God values us so much is because we are unlike the rest of His creation. We stand out. God has a purpose and a plan for us. We're made in His likeness. Listen to the description here from Moses in Genesis 5, 1 through 2. He says, this is the book of the generations of Adam, or the generations of man, depending on your translation. Adam and man mean the same thing. When God created man, He made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, He created them, and He blessed them and named them man when they were created. God gave us the name. It is in this, in the image of God, that we have such great value. It's often a phrase when you study theology, the Imago Dei, the image of God, and the significance of that. This is why I believe that Christian culture and the influence of the Bible has the greatest influence this world has ever seen because of the teaching and the belief that the Creator of the universe, the intelligent Creator, has made us in His likeness. And I think sometimes the question comes up, though, is how am I made like God? Because I'm a sinner. How am I not just like another animal? We have the mind, a mind like any other. We think unlike any other. We think like our Creator. We have affections like our God. We have innate morality. Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 tells us that by nature we can know what is right and wrong. I know some people think that all you need is the Bible for that. And yes, the Bible is there as a moral corrective. And it does help us. But those who by nature can know right and wrong, God says He will hold accountable. Again, Romans 2, verses 14 through 16. 
We're able to know that. We have that innate morality within us that reflects the character of our eternal God. As humanity, we do things that God does. We can't do it to the extent that He does, but we design things and we create things. We love, we rejoice, we judge. Oftentimes, when we don't have a right to, but if we judge according to God's way, then it's right. But we have... We can forgive like our Creator. We can show mercy like our Creator. There's so many things as far as our affections and who we are that we see that is in our Creator and within our God. I'm just going to pause for a, a moment and think about this. When I think about our Creator, I, I think about the things I study when we study theology, and, and I think they're wonderful things, the existence of our Creator. And I think about our universe. Our universe came into being. It has a beginning. There's not a cosmologist or astrophysicist today that I know of who says the universe didn't have a beginning. In fact, when that idea came out, there was an idea, um, you know, about 100 years ago, the idea of the Big Bang. And you still hear about it. And what is that? It's the, the observation that our universe had a beginning and that it's expanding. And how do we know that? Well, second law of thermodynamics tells us that the energy in the universe is coming to an equilibrium and that it had to start from a point and it's becoming less usable. We also see that the expansion of the stars, the red shift in them, that the universe is expanding. And we just know from good common sense that we can't have infinite time in the past. You know, I can't have an infinite number of parents in the past or I'd never reach the present. There had to be a beginning to everything. And so the big question there is, what caused everything? What started everything and brought everything into existence? Well, you have an, an option. Either nothing did it, which is absurd. That's contrary to all reality. Or that a non-intelligent cause created an intelligible universe with intelligent beings to perceive And that doesn't make sense either, to perceive that universe. The best explanation is that an intelligent creator made an intelligible universe so that we as intelligent beings can reflect upon it, worship Him. And so we get our likeness from Him. We get our value from Him. And we can know and confidently say, yes, God exists. And I believe Him and I trust in Him. Furthermore, the Scriptures say that we're made in the image of God, and the Bible says that Christ is the image of God. He's the exact imprint of God. It is by the Word that became flesh, that's Christ, that God created everything, but we're made in the image of Christ. And so the Scriptures tell us that knowing this, knowing that Christ is the image of God and the one of whom we've made in the likeness of, that this should change us, change the way we think, change our hearts and our affections, the way that we behave. Listen to what Paul says here in Colossians 3. Verses 8 through 10. He applies this to how we live. He says, But now you must put them away. Put away these sins. And he's given others sins before then, sexual sins back in verse 5. But here he says, Put away anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed. Well, the new self is being renewed. How? Being renewed in knowledge after the image of the Creator. Just knowing our Creator, knowing who He is, knowing who He is through Jesus Christ has an effect upon us and changes us so that that knowledge of Jesus changes us. It puts a greater value on everything. As we reflect upon the the value of knowing God, I want to bring this up as well. Valuing others as equal is not enough. 
All because I value someone's equal doesn't mean anything if I think of myself as just a mere animal or an evolved ape. Then I'm going to look at other people the same way. When I recognize that I've been formed by God and made in the womb and that I'm made in the image of God, I now look at other people that way. It changes how I perceive them, how I value others around me. And so to know the value of oneself is critically important. What would happen if you had a distorted distorted view or idea of God? And I think this is important because when your knowledge is wrong about who God is and about Jesus Christ and Christ is a reflection of God, then how you look at yourself and others is diminished. You find that the way that I'm behaving and the things that I do and the sins that are coming out of me is because I have a lesser view of who I am. And that's why I treat others and I might use other people or take advantage of them. And so a distorted view of God is a distorted view of oneself. This is why people abuse others. They have distorted views. It's why we see things. We turn on the news and we see that someone has gone on a violent rampage hurting other people. Why? Because they're thinking I'm useless and they are suicidal. And yet they're going to take people with them. Satan acts in that way. You read that in the book of Revelation. He's cast out of heaven. And the book of Revelation says he wants to take as many as possible with him. So the violent degrade themselves and in the act they hurt others. And then we do this. We might be critical of ourselves. We might, we might shame ourselves and put ourselves down. And what happens when we do that? We become very critical of others. I find that in my own self. When I'm very critical of myself, then when I hear someone else thinking out loud, I also will become critical. And sometimes that will come out of my mouth and I think I shouldn't have said that. But I know why it came out. It wasn't because I was, um, it was because I was been degrading myself and kind of brought them with me. And so when I have a perspective that God gives me, that I'm made in the image of God and formed in the womb and God knows all the, my days, it gives great value to me. And it's true, that statement that hurt people, hurt people. And so as we carry and we bring the gospel with us throughout our life, when we carry the idea of God and who Jesus is with us, when we share that and we live it out, we're helping everyone around us. That's the great blessing, the truth of the message. We want others to come to full obedience and faith in Jesus Christ. But we know the value because we're made in the image of God. Here is a passage from Genesis chapter 9 right after the flood. And it tells us that God will take an account of everyone or any animal that takes the life of another. And it tells you there in the last passage why, the last part of the scripture, it says, for God made man in his own image. So that when you sin against another person, you sin against the image of God. When you murder someone else, when you kill the innocent, you sin against God. And God says there will be a reckoning for that. There will be an account for it. In James chapter 3, James makes application to this, and he says it matters what we say, the things that come from our tongue, how we speak. And James says, no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. How is it that we can praise God and then curse those who are made in the likeness of God? And James says we need to think about how we speak, how we behave. And that's why the knowledge of God and our Creator and the Gospel is so important. It makes such a great impression on this world. 
I want you to think about this before we finish. Why would God put His image all over the world? Well, He has. Every single one of us bear the image of God. We're each a constant reminder that we're here for a purpose and we have meaning and value. And that makes a difference. We're constantly being reminded that God made us and formed us in the womb. We owe Him our life. And He loves us so much that He sent Christ to die for us. God put His image all over the world. I think that's a beautiful thought. To know God, again, is to know the value of humanity. And that's the main point this morning. I encourage you, how am I going to grow in my knowledge? Well, I'm going to read the Gospels. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read these texts. I'm going to reflect upon them and prayerfully study through the Scriptures. And that's going to help me. That's going to draw me near to my Creator so that I live a, ho- a holy life. One that is loving toward others so that I am reflecting the image of God. And I think it's very fitting this morning to conclude back at Psalm 139, verses 17 through 18. David says this to God. He says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. And God is constantly with us. Think about those things. God loves you. He's made you. You have great value to Him. If anyone is in Christ, the Scriptures say He's a new creation. We encourage you this morning. You haven't been baptized into Christ. You can become a new creation. You can be born again. You can put on the Lord by being born of the water and spirit. John 3 and verse 5. So this morning, if you confess your faith, repent of your sins, you can be baptized into Christ. You need prayers and encouragement. We encourage you to come forward or find someone to pray with you. Let us stand and sing together.